to the While You Are Single podcast. O.J. Tokes' new, revised, and updated book, While You Are Single, A Guide to Finding and Keeping the Right Mate for Your Life, is now available. For more details about the book, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. Here is O.J. Tokes. Heavenly Father God, I thank you for another privilege to hear from you tonight, Father God. Thank you for the individual watching right now. Thank you for blessing them tonight. I ask that you open our hearts to heed your word, open our ears, to hear your word, open our eyes, to perceive your word, open our minds, to understand your word, and give us the wisdom to apply your word into our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello, how are you doing? My name is OJ Tokes, and I'd like to welcome you to While You Are Single TV. Thank you for joining the program tonight. Thanks for sharing and alerting your friends that while you're a single TV is taking place right now. Well, the last time I began talking about the search for love, I mentioned that the road that people take to search for love is often marked with disappointment, heartbreaks, and rejection. And I began to talk about a couple from scripture, Moses and Zipporah. They kind of took that road to get together. The story of Moses starts in the book of Exodus. And perhaps you know Moses as the prince of Egypt in Exodus. Um, the Israelites were under the enslavement of the Egyptians. And in Exodus um, chapter 1 and chapter 2, um, Pharaoh had ordered that all male children born to the Israelites were to be thrown into the Nile River. Moses' mother decided to do something different. She hid her son, Moses, when he was born for three months. Later on, when she could no longer hide him, she decided to put him in a basket, put it in the bank of the Nile River among some grasses, and um, got Moses' sister to kind of look after him and see what was happening with him. Um, Later on, Pharaoh's daughter came to the Nile River to take her bath, and she saw the baby in the basket. Then... Moses' sister approached her and asked if, you know, she could find somebody to nurse Moses for Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter agreed, and Moses' sister brought Moses' mom to take care of Moses while he was under um, the care of Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter then gave him the name Moses because she drew him out of the river. Well, later on, when Moses grew up, he saw an Egyptian beating up on a Hebrew. And Moses came to help the Hebrew individual and killed the Egyptian. Um, The next day, I believe it's in Exodus chapter 2, verse 14 or so, um, Moses saw two Hebrews fighting each other, and Moses tried to intervene. And one of the Hebrew men told Moses, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Are you going to kill me the same way you killed the Egyptian the other day? That's when Moses discovered that what he had done was known and Pharaoh also found out about it and wanted to kill Moses and Moses fled. But I want you to take note that Moses' attempt to help his Israelite brethren, his attempt to intervene and mediate between the fight that took place between the guys, his attempt to help them out was rebuffed. He was rejected. Through that rejection, he discovered that everybody knew what he had done to the Egyptian And the fact that Pharaoh wanted to kill him and he fled, in addition, when someone wants to kill you, that's the worst form of rejection. Not only do they not want you, they don't want you to exist. So number one, 
the Hebrew guy rebuffed Moses's attempt to help. And number two, Pharaoh wanted to kill him, so he ran. So in a sense, the rejection led him to run. And the first place he ended up when he ran away was a place called Median by a well. In Exodus 2.15, the Bible says he went to a place called Median and sat down by a well. The next verse, Exodus 2.16, introduces us to seven women. They were the daughters of the priest of Median who was named Jethro. One of the seven women, seven single women, was Zipporah. And that's how she met Moses by the well. Zipporah and her sisters, they went to the well to draw water. However, in Exodus 2.17, we're told that some shepherds came along and drove them away. However, because Moses was already there, he stood up for them, he helped them, and he watered their flock. So the ladies were able to go home, and when they got home, their father, Jethro, was surprised that they came home earlier than usual. Then he asked them what happened, and they explained to them that Moses was the one who helped them. Later on, Jethro um, asked his daughters to get Moses, and Moses came to their household, and in Exodus 21, Jethro gave Zipporah to Moses to marry, and that's how they got married. However, let's kind of slice and dice their story a little bit to see how that road of rejection can get you to the right person and fulfill you in the search for love. Okay, so going back to the story, Moses ends up by the well. The well is very significant. Because, in a sense, the water in the well is a picture of God. Let me explain. In John chapter 4, we hear of Jesus meeting a Samaritan woman. Jesus approached her by well, and he asked her for water to drink. And the woman was reluctant. She said, you are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan, and we don't even interact. But to cut a long story short, Jesus told her, I believe it's in John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. Jesus told her that if you drink the water from this well, you will thirst again. But if you drink the water that I give, you will never thirst. The point I'm trying to make is that Jesus referred to himself as a source of water, as a source of water supply. So basically, Jesus was a spiritual well. He was a spiritual water supply. He is the water of life. That's why I said the water is a picture or symbolic of God. Another example is in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 2, verse 13. God was unhappy with his Israelite children. He said that my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and dug for themselves cisterns, underground cisterns that hold no water. A cistern basically is like an underground reservoir. But the point I'm trying to make is that God referred to himself as a spring of the spring of water or the fountain of water. Okay, so my point is water is somewhat symbolic of God. Okay, so with that in mind, let's go back to the story of Moses and Zipporah. Moses fled from Egypt after being rebuffed by his brethren, after being chased away because Pharaoh was going to kill him. The rejection led him first to the well. Christian Relationships 101, go to God first. Somebody turns you down, let that turn you on to God. Someone pushes you away, 
Let that lead you to God. I highly recommend that you don't allow someone to turn you down or mistreat you or go through a bad situation before you go to God. But nevertheless, if that happens, go to God. Don't go to other sources. Don't go to the bottle. Don't go to drugs. Don't go to do anything crazy. Go to God first. Moses ends up by the well. Zipporah comes to the well to fetch water, to water their flock, she and her sisters. And the Bible says shepherds came and drove them away. Being driven away, being pushed away, being chased away is another form of rejection. It is sad because this woman came to draw water. And like I mentioned earlier, water is symbolic of God. A lot of people, perhaps you or people that you know of, they come to an environment to draw water. By water, I'm referring to God. They come to an environment to learn from God, to grow closer to God, to draw closer to God. And that environment typically is a church environment, a worship environment, an environment of believers. Sadly, the very place that people go to receive from God, to draw closer to God, is the same place that sometimes they experience rejection. Not only that, the fact that the scripture says these were seven women, and that implies uh, they were daughters of Jethro. They were single women, and they were shepherds. These were men. So um, these men did not want this woman. The fact that they were pushing, pushing them away, perhaps the shepherds could represent potential suitors in a relationship. These were single women. But these guys drove them away, and they experienced this by the well. I know it's very frustrating. Perhaps you're watching now. Maybe you're a single adult, and you go to church. And the ideal, of course, is to marry someone who's godly. And the mindset, the understanding, or the expectation is that when you go to church or a church environment, a worship environment, you're expected to encounter people who love God, people who fear God, people who are kind-hearted, people who are godly individuals. And hopefully uh, you desire and hope that God can connect you with someone in that group and you can get married. But it's very frustrating when you go around an environment where um, they are godly people and they don't want you. They push you away. You are rebuffed. It's very frustrating because you're expecting that, hey, I'm trying to do something right here. I'm a Christian. I'm trying to do things God's way. I go to church. I'm in an environment where I'm supposed to draw from the water of God's word and people, like-minded people are supposed to be here, but the guys here don't want me. Uh, the ladies here don't want me. I can't imagine it's very frustrating for a lot of guys who are trying to find a godly woman to marry and uh, the women around them in church who are supposedly godly, not saying they are not, but they, they profess that they love God. They profess that uh, they are Christian women and they profess that they want a godly man and they're frustrated and that there are no godly men and you're there trying to connect with any of the ladies in church and you're getting rebuffed and you're scratching your head like they keep saying they want a godly man and uh, I'm here and they don't want me. Or it might be the other case, you're a, a woman and you, you hear this few good godly men in church talk about they want a godly woman and you're there and they're not asking you out or they're not interested in you. But the bottom line is you're coming to church and like Jethro's daughters, they are pushing you away. 
And I'm not naive. I know that just because somebody says they are godly doesn't mean they are godly. Or just because somebody says they are a Christian that they reflect Christ-like values. I'm not naive. The point I am trying to make is the way that some single adults are feeling. They come to a church environment and feel like they are not wanted, even though they feel like they're in the right place and they're in the mix of the right people, but they are not one. They are pushed away. They are saddened. It's sad that the environment where you're supposed to receive from God is an environment where people actually push you away. It's interesting that the Bible says shepherds came and drove them away. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2, Peter encouraged the elders in the church to shepherd the people under their care. The point I'm trying to make is that the word shepherd is, in the New Testament, symbolic of church elders or church pastors or church leaders per se. Uh, it's a picture of church pastoral care and things like that. So uh, sometimes, you know, people come to church to receive from God. And uh, uh, in some cases, perhaps unknowingly to uh, the ministers or the leaders or the leadership in that church, they push people away. They drive them away. People are coming to draw from God, but they are driven away. It's very frustrating that sometimes the rejections we experience in our houses of worship are from the leaders themselves. So what happens when somebody goes to church and they're a single person and they're hoping that they can get into a relationship in church and yet the, the single man or woman or single man and woman are pushing them away? What happens when someone goes to church to draw from God, to draw closer to God, but the person that's supposed to help them draw closer to God is pushing them away from God, either by their views or their ideologies that have nothing to do with scripture. What do they do? What happens when somebody experiences that kind of a thing in church? Well, usually they leave church. They stop going to church. But I want to encourage you not to respond that way. I want to encourage you to respond the way Zipporah's daughters responded. They kept going to the well. Despite the rejection from the shepherds, they kept going to the well. Despite the hindrances and the setbacks and the frustration, the experience in the environment where they were supposed to draw water, they kept going to the well. Why did they keep going to the well? Why? Knowing that these guys don't like you, they don't want you, but why do you keep going there? Well, I want to encourage you to be like this um, women because they needed the water. They needed the water. Without the water, they're going to die. They're going to starve to death. They needed to water to water their flock and for their livelihood. They needed the water. Well, that's the same mentality you need to have. If you're going to overcome the disappointments, the heartbreaks, the rejections that you experience on your road to search for love, I encourage you, you need to have the mindset that I need God because without God, I can't leave. You see, your mindset should be, you don't want me. That's cool, but I need God and God wants me. Besides, I'm going to need God to overcome the feeling of being not wanted. God wants me. And because God wants me and God is my source of everything I need fulfillment, I need God. I can do without you. You don't want me. That's cool. But I need God. So I need to see, keep going to God to get over you and to receive the person God has for me. Because obviously it's not you because you don't want me. You need to have that mindset. Keep going to God.
keep going to God. Unfortunately, a lot of people stop going to God. And when that happens, guess what happens? You see, Zipporah's daughters kept going to the well. I can't say much more for six of the daughters, but for one of them, Zipporah, she found her husband. Imagine that. The very place that she had been experiencing rejection, she ended up finding her husband because she kept going to the well. What if she stopped going? She will have missed out on Moses. When they got home, the father was surprised they came home earlier than usual, which means that they usually came late. They usually got back home late. They usually got back home late because every time they went to the well, those shepherds were there frustrating their efforts, driving them away. So they had to wait to let the shepherds do what they needed to do around the well. They had to wait for the shepherds to leave. Then they could go fetch the water. Consequently, they often went home late. But because Moses happened to be there that day, he changed the equation. He solved their issue. He resolved their conflict. He stood up for them and enabled them to do what they needed to do to get home on time. And Zipporah did not miss out on the person God had for her because she kept going there. But a lot of people miss out. Don't miss out on who God has for you because of one or a few people who are not God. Besides, that happens because sometimes when we go to the well, we don't go for the water in the well. We go for people around the well. When you go to the well of life, the only reason, the most important reason why you're there in the first place is for the water in the well. A lot of people go to the well per se, not for the water, but for the people around the well. And God allows rejection to happen to redirect you and refocus you to the water in the well, to he himself, to let you know, listen, listen, these people are not important. You need me first. That's why I keep hamping on Christian relationships 101. Go to God first before any other person. Rejection is a vehicle that God uses to redirect you to say, no, you don't need him or her. What you need is me first, me first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything that you need will be added onto you. Zipporah went for the water and eventually she ended up with her husband, Moses. The significance of ending up with Moses speaks volumes. How so? Find out <laughs> next week. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Find out next week. Thank you for watching while you're single tonight. I hope it has ministered to you. Thank you for sharing to your friends, the ones that you have conversations about relationships with all the time. You know who they are. Thanks for sharing with them. Thanks for liking so that the next episode will automatically appear on your page. Thanks for subscribing if you're watching on YouTube as well. Next week, we're going to continue along those lines, but let me pray for you real quick. Father, thank you for this individual watching right now. Thank you for what you have shared with them, Father God. Thank you for helping them to apply this to their lives. Thank you that because of their obedience to you, they are blessed coming in and going out. They are the head and not the tail. They are above and not beneath. They are on top and not below. They are ahead and not behind. They are successes and not failures. They are victors and not victims. They're not in poverty. They are in prosperity. They are not in lack. They are in abundance. Their abundance is a supply to those who are in lack. All their needs are met. All their bills are paid. They owe no man nothing but to love them. In Jesus' name, amen. Take care. Stay blessed. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the podcast. 
we hope you are informed, inspired, and impacted. If you'd like to learn more about O.J. Tokes, his books, blog, music, and his monthly ministry for singles, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. That is whileyouaresingle.org. If you've been blessed by the podcast, we encourage you to please share with your friends. Until next week's podcast, take care and stay blessed.